Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in. This is Bink Sunday here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. My name is Chris Odocero. Chris Tenpenny is my producer. The Chris and Chris show this Sunday morning. I'm just going to call you Tenpenny because I don't want to confuse the listeners when I say Chris. Because uh, I'm the, the main Chris here. You're the new Chris. So... You're just going to be referred to as Tenpenny today, Chris. Hey, that's been 90% of my life. So yeah. the, the mid-shade dog actually calls me Dimes if you want to mix it up. So What is it? Dimes? Dimes, yeah. Real creative, you know, Tenpenny to Dimes. No. No. <laughs> no. That's not good. No. I don't know about that. That's, I mean, I, I, that's, that's creative. If you were like a, if you were like a baller, like, let's say you were like, uh, like a really good, like three and D basketball guy, we'd call you Dimes. But uh, yeah, you haven't you haven't quite earned that level yet. But we got a lot of talk here, uh, sports wise today. We will talk a lot about the Eric Bieniemy uh, situation that ha- happened this week. That uh, blog post. I'm not calling it an article because it's not a damn article. Uh, the blog post. I will talk about that extensively and other false reports that came out about the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and and members on that team. This week, but I I, want to start, I don't know about you, Tenpenny, but football season is my favorite time of year as far as sports goes. And so for me, it's been tough not have, not knowing that there's no more football until uh, August when we get the Hall of Fame game, which is kind of a sham of football. It's uh, it's basically going to be uh, the NFL equivalent to what we're going to see with the USFL in April. I don't know about you, but like these next few months, it's going to be really tough for me to like find myself dialed into sports as much as I was before, because there's no football that's going to be happening. NFL football is going to be happening for the next six months now. So it's going to be a very difficult time for me. And I'm going to be searching. We were talking about this before the show, like outside of football, like obviously like baseball, we'll pay attention to because Royals and whatnot. Uh, you are more of a diehard baseball fan than I am. Right. Right. Tenpenny. Yeah. I love Absolutely love baseball. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's a little bit diff. I like, I love the Royals and I'll pay attention to the Royals, but you know, we were talking about like the world series 
And I was like, you know, aside from like Acuna and Soler, I can't name another player on the on the Braves because I just don't have any interest in other teams like that. Like, obviously, like when I produce the games, I know the players cut their highlights. You know, I, I, I know I see their stats on television and whatnot. So I obviously you, you find out who these guys are, but it's like the, the casual appeal isn't there. It's going to be tough for me, like being able to be as dialed into sports as I was during football season, because like, obviously like there's going to be the big stories that go on, but like, I mean, I'm an NBA fan. I love my Phoenix Suns. Hopefully they win the title this year. Aside from that, like I'm, I'm not dialed in on college basketball. I'll be dialed in on Royals. Hopefully Bobby Wood Jr. comes up and he's amazing this year and gives us something to really pay attention to. Hopefully the Royals make a run where they look like they might be a postseason team. But I'm just not, I'm just not dialed in. Like, I'll tell you this. I'm pro I'm gonna try to get into NASCAR again this year. I'm going to try to get in. Like I tried last year and it was hard. It was hard. I tried two years ago back when we didn't have sports and the NASCAR started up because it's easy to socially distance when you're in a car. Like I, I, I I'm going to try to get into NASCAR, man. I really am. Like, I don't, I don't know about you, Tim Penny, but like I, I used to watch it a lot. And then by the time I like graduated high school in 08, I was kind of out of the whole NASCAR scene. I'm going to try to get into NASCAR this year. I don't know if I can support that. No, <laughs> I'm going to try, man. <laughs> I just never been a NASCAR guy. But to, to your point about no more football, even me as someone who loves baseball and gets into pretty much all 30 teams, it's not the same. It doesn't not anywhere close to captivating the nation like the NFL. Yeah. Does. Like no one's going to watch outside of Kansas City. The Royals take on the Tigers, you know. But when it's NFL season, well, we'll in Detroit they will. We'll watch. We'll watch a. We'll watch a Jacksonville Jets game. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. <laughs> so we'll like, watch terrible <laughs> NFL football. Ten million people will watch terrible NFL football just because it's NFL football. Like we will do that, but we won't do. We won't watch. Uh, we won't. We won't watch like Rockies and and Giants play on on Sunday Night Baseball. We're not watching that. No, like you're gonna get like two million people that watch that game compared to the fourteen million that'll watch Jaguars and Jets play on on Sunday Night Football. Well, that that wouldn't even be a that's a Monday Night game. Like we'll get that. Like that's just that just shows you like the lack of casual appeal for a sport like baseball. And you know, obviously, fantasy sports is a big problem. Uh, it's great for the NFL, makes them a ton of money, gets them so gets so many people interested in the sport. I don't play fantasy. I tried playing fantasy basketball. God, last time I did it was probably 09, back when I was uh back when I was uh, at Mizzou, and I just I couldn't do it. Like I just I couldn't stay. I I drafted a team and then I just never touched it after that. Never I could the 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 point system I couldn't really figure out like that. And like because you have the uh, like the players don't play on the same night every week like they do in football. It's kind of hard to keep up with all of it because you don't like you have to really like look at the schedules for all your players and kind of figure okay this player's playing X amount times per week, you know, this week. So it kind of balances out. They're going to have better chances to score points. There's a lot more thinking you got to do there or with like fantasy baseball. I tried it for a couple of years in college. Couldn't do it. You know, I, I try to, you know, dive down the well a little bit as far as 
the uh, the fantasy sports goes, I can't, I can't do it. I just cannot participate in any other fantasy sport besides fantasy football. Yeah, and I mean, football has it down to where you have a schedule, you know what's coming up, and, and also the point system is, did he get yards? Did he score a touchdown? Okay. Well, meanwhile, baseball and basketball, it's like rebounds, steals, points, and then starts. yeah, like you lose points for attempts right. and whatnot. So right. it's like you there's there's so many things. It's kind of hard to understand like the scoring system when like football, it's just yards, touchdowns, and if you play PPR, receptions as well. So like there's a lot of it's it's much easier. The most complicated thing is like defense because there's a lot of different things that you can lose points for, gain points for on defense. So. Like it, it, it's kind of, it, it can be kind of tough there. Or if you do like the hardcore leagues where you're doing like IDPs, like that can be a little tough, but for the most part, fantasy football is easy to do. And that's the reason why it helps with the popularity of the sport of football. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really try to get into to NASCAR. I'm, I'm going to try. It might last a couple weeks. I'm going to watch the Daytona 500. Maybe not the whole time. Cause it's just guys going, you know, straight into the left. But I just, I'm going to try. I'm going to, I tried last year. I, I gave it like two, three weeks and I just like couldn't do it. I think I might, I think I might try it again this time. Like there's nothing else to watch. There's nothing like the all-star game tonight uh, is for, for the NBA is going to happen. And I'll, I'll say this. I wasn't really planning on watching much of the NBA all-star uh, festivities this weekend. I, I was, I was going to watch the, celebrity game because the celebrity game's pretty is usually pretty entertaining like it's not great or anything you got a bunch of guys who are and, and and girls who are not really that good at basketball but there's always like a surprise person or two that can ball out like uh, on friday night it was country singer jimmy allen i've never heard of this guy ever but he's he's a black country star and he can't he balled. He I, I thought he was like an actual like former NBA player. That's how good he was. He was just hitting, he was he was doing everything right. Defense, getting steals, hitting these nice open jumpers. I mean, he was taking a lot of four-point shots. He balled out in that game. I was so happy. I was like, yeah, man, like I don't know who you are, dude, but you were balling out. Like, I want to see you there every year. And then obviously, like last year, Quavo killed it. Yeah, in the uh, in the uh, All Star Celebrity Game, so like that was entertaining. I didn't watch the Rising Stars game, um, but last night I really wasn't going to watch the Saturday, the All Star Saturday Night stuff. I, I wasn't going to watch it live. I was going to watch it like this morning when I actually no this afternoon when I got back after the show. I was going to peek it out because I, I had it set on DVR. wasn't going to pay much attention to it. So I was going to do a date night with my girlfriend. We were going to go to, to Longhorn Steakhouse. We changed our plans. We were like, we're not going out. Like still, you know, the roads still aren't super great. And I neither of us wanted to get dressed up. It's cold out there. Not really digging it. So we decided let's, let's stay in. We'll order, you know, get some takeout and we will just chill at the house. And I was like, you know what? Let's watch some all-star Saturday night for the NBA. And they redid the skills challenge. The, re- the, the, the skills challenge is okay. It's okay. Like the revamp is okay. I prefer the way they used to do it, where they used to do the little obstacle course, dribbling, shooting, laying up, things like, you know, passing, things like that. I preferred it that way just because I feel like it, it, 
it's just like some of that stuff looks stupid. Like when they were just taking all the different shots from different uh, from different points and like the passing through the little circles or whatever. Like, I, look, just just do the just do the obstacle course. Like the team thing was kind of dumb. Like, look, I, I don't care about the Cavs. They're not they're not a contending team. I understand they're the host city, but they're the Cavs. Like, they're they're not really in it. They just got a bunch of good young players in a weak conference. So like that didn't do it for me. The on the Ande de Kumpo brothers team didn't do it for me because Giannis is the only one that's good. I just it it the format didn't really work for me. Then they got to the three point contest and I was locked in. I was about it. I was like, cool. Like this is this is what I want to see right here. Like heavyweights in the NBA going out there and trying to win this contest. And those guys are trying. And it was fun. And it was cool because we got an underdog in Carl Anthony Towns winning it all. I think he was like, I think he was the lowest odds to win it at like plus 1100, uh, what I saw on Twitter. So like it was highly unlikely that he was going to win it. And so that was entertaining to watch him go out there and do it. And uh, I, I believe the Timberwolves are starting to make a bit of a rise up right now in the NBA. So uh, they've kind of become, become like the feel good story in the NBA, if you will, because they've been a, uh, a terrible franchise here for the last like two decades or, or so since Kevin Garnett kind of fell off and eventually went to Boston. But like now we get to the dunk contest and I didn't have much expectations because if you've been watching the dunk contest for years, you know that that contest probably for the last 15 years has lacked some major star power has lacked some much in the way of highlights I mean, every now and then you get like a, a really good dunk, like maybe one or two really good dunks a year. But for the most part, it's just kind of generic stuff. Like it seems like now everybody wants to just dunk over somebody. It's like here you stand here and then I'll just jump over you and, and dunk and, and dunk that way. Like that seems it like it seems like every single person in the contest does that. But this year it just like I, I think it was probably not only the worst contest just from a, a dunking standpoint, but from, all, but from also like a star standpoint. You had two New York Knicks in this damn contest. Like that's how you know the contest is lacking in in, in star power. When you got Cole Anthony and Obi Toppin, and I'll tell you this. I hadn't heard Obi Toppin's name since he got drafted a couple of years ago. That was the first time I'd heard his name in a long time. Because he really, he certainly ain't no star. Cole Anthony, again, I, like I don't really like his hair. Like the the dreads he has a little little too weird looking for me. And I forgot that he was Greg Anthony's son. So I was like, oh yeah, that's Greg Anthony's son. Like that's his biggest claim to fame is that you know he's Greg Anthony's son. Uh, and so I was like, okay, lacking in star power there. Then you had Jalen Green, uh, kid with the nice hair. And I was like, okay, like maybe this kid who's, you know, he was like, I think it was a second overall pick. A lot of people like this kid. Uh, I, You know, he's had some good games this year where it looked like, okay, this kid might be a star. Probably had the worst con- dunk contest performance ever. Like just couldn't hit the dunk because he was trying to hit. I mean, that dunk he had where he was, the, his first dunk where he just kept failing over and over again when he was having the guy with the leather pants try to throw the ball up to him. And he just kept missing it over and over again. I was like, dude, just, just call it like, just, just call it right now. He missed his turn because he can't hit that dunk. And, you know, Cole Anthony does the dunk with, uh, with the Tim's on. And there are people like, Oh, give it a 10. He had Tim's on. I was like, no, bro. Like 
you don't give someone a 10 just because they dunked with some boots on. Like, that's just not inter- that's not interesting. Like, we've gotten to a point now where instead of these amazing athletic feats that we are seeing in the dunk contest, we're seeing gimmicks like Jalen Green copying a dunk from an NFT that he had on a phone on a chain that he handed to one of the judges. I think it was Dr. J he handed it to. Like, that is what the dunk contest has become now. And I think it highlights the issues that we have with these all-star games where we kind of, the all-star game is kind of an obsolete format in sports. There's a lot that we used to know about sports that has changed now. We're like, back then, all these guys were super competitive and they wanted to play every game they possibly could and win every game they possibly could because that stuff mattered. But then business started getting added into sports. And when that happened, it changed the priorities of players. The number one priority for players now is championships. Because championships equals money and it equals stardom, especially in a sport like the NBA. And so these guys are motivated by the opportunity to go win a title. And because of that, guys like LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Dwayne Wade, guys like that, they, they, they stay away from the dunk contest. Because it's like, I, what do I gain from participating in the dunk contest versus what do I lose? Well, I, I gain some momentary stardom, but if I, if I get hurt in this meaningless exhibition of dunking talent, well, then I could cost myself money and I could cost my team a chance at a championship. And so because of that, none of these guys want to participate. And it kind of brings me back to the criticism of the Pro Bowl from a few weeks ago. I mean, I've been saying for the last, like, you know, two weeks now, it was a parody of football. Because it was. It wasn't good football. But it shouldn't be good football. Because all of those guys playing in that game have everything to lose and nothing to gain. Yeah, they get money donated to their charity. They're rich. They can just donate their own money to a charity. But if they lose, if let's say, you know, we see what happens with uh, OBJ a week later in the Super Bowl where he's doing a routine route, didn't get hit, just comes down wrong on his left knee, tears his ACL. What if that happens in a meaningless exhibition like the Pro Bowl? Well, now all of a sudden, the player that sustains that ACL tear is going to have their future in question they're going to there's going to be questions about whether or not they're going to be even able to play the next season which means that they could lose an entire year just because they played in a meaningless exhibition game no one wants that none of these players want it these players don't want to hurt each other and these players don't want to be hurt so I don't blame any of these guys for not trying in a meaningless game I understand that us fans want to watch these guys go out there and perform well and have fun and and show off why they are the best in the game, but the game really isn't designed for that anymore. These guys, I mean, especially in the NFL where the contracts aren't guaranteed for aren't fully guaranteed, you know, in the NBA, they are, but since it's in the middle of the season, you don't want to get hurt because it could cost you a championship. But for a lot of these guys, they are playing in a situation where they are trying to earn a contract or they're in the middle of a contract and they don't want to lose the ability to continue to make the kind of money that they are because usually after the first two or three years of their contract, teams can get out of it if they want to. 
and you don't want to give any team a reason to let you go or find some way to to cut down on the amount of money you would be making. So that's the reason why these games don't matter. And that's the reason why uh, these all-star games have lost a lot of their appeal. Once you started putting money in the, in the equation, big money in the equation, and once teams and players started to realize the dangers of playing hard in meaningless games as far as the team's performance goes, that's when that all changed. And I don't blame these guys for doing it. I still think that the All-Star games are good. I still think the Pro Bowl is good because we get recognition for the players. I still think that it's good to have the All-Star weekend for the NBA. I'm going to, I I mean, I was talking about this. I'm going to watch the All-Star game tonight. I'm not going to like seriously watch it. I'm going to do what I did for the Pro Bowl two weeks ago. And I'm going to like watch YouTube videos on my phone while I have it on the TV. But I'm still going to watch the the All-Star game tonight because I want to see Devin Booker go out there and kill it. And if I have to watch a bunch of meaningless alley-oops and, you know, silly big men taking it down the field, taking it, taking it down the court like they're uh, Russell Westbrook or something, I'll watch that. But at the end of the day, I, I also understand that it's just a meaningless exhibition that doesn't actually do anything uh, for anybody other than make the NBA a little bit of money. Coming up next, I'll tell you why it seems to me as if there's a lot of people out there trying to get EB away from the Chiefs. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. so starved for football now all week I've been watching old NFL games like they got this NFL throwback uh, YouTube channel and I've literally just been watching old NFL games from like way back in the day on there like for instance last night I watched the freezer bowl from 81 with the Chargers and the and the Bengals 
I watched, um, let's see, what else did I watch yesterday? I watched the 93 and 94 NFC Championship games uh, between the, the Niners and Cowboys. Like, seriously, I'm, I'm hurting for football right now. Like, I don't even know. Like, I'll tell you this. I, I, I'm, I probably will watch the USFL. I don't know if you saw the, the uniform drop that the USFL teams did earlier this week. Those uniforms are trash, dude. Like, those are some awful uniforms. Like, our guy, uh, Kramer Sandzone over there, who, uh, who, uh, who, who does stuff with Bink for, for Chiefs, and he also has his uh, show Saturdays with Kramer on uh, 1660 The Bet. Uh, he was talking about, oh, like, the, some of these uniforms are fired. Dude, those uniforms are trash. I can only imagine what dude. they would sit out. So I'm glad I haven't seen them yet. I don't know if I want to. They're bad, dude. Like, and, and it's like, for me, it's like football uniforms are like a, an important part of the presentation for your, your league. So, and, and none of these teams have good uniforms. They look like they are a secondary league, man. I, I, I'm a, I'm, I, I guess I'm a, a stickler about that, but I, I do like the, a good uniform set. And I mean, I'm still watching the USFL, but it ain't, it ain't starting too good here. I didn't even know the USFL was starting back up until like a couple months ago, but cause I, cause I know like they had the XFL and uh, that was supposed to start this year, but I haven't heard anything about the XFL starting back up this year. So I don't even know if that's going to happen. I know the rock had like bought it from Vince McMahon and he was going to, you know, be the main guy behind it. I don't even know if that's going to happen now, but I know they were talking about it a couple years ago after the XFL shut down with the pandemic. Cause frankly, nobody was, nobody was going to games. So, but I do want to get into this, uh, this story, this hit piece, if you will, that came out about, uh, at least for now, former Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. There was a blog post that was put out. I believe it was on. It was put out. I think Wednesday night, and it was alleging that there was a rift between Eric Bieniemy and Chiefs players, especially our quarterback Patrick Mahomes, which ended up ruining the ruining the offense in uh, chemistry as. The uh, as the post alleges says that Bieniemy felt like Mahomes hurt his chances of becoming a head coach. He it also said uh, alleged that Bieniemy overhauled the game plan that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes put together before Super Bowl Fifty Five when the uh, Chiefs went on to get their asses kicked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It also alleges that Bieniemy called all the plays because it was in his contract to do so, and also that he did not take proper player input, and he basically was uh, designing everything himself and didn't and was basically playing favorites. So there's been a lot of back and forth on the validity of a lot of the things that were said in this blog post. I think it was designed for two purposes, and I think it's a hit piece. I don't, I don't think it was... I, I don't think it was designed to inform people as they as they stated in the in the post. I think it was designed to damage Eric B. Enemy's reputation. And to me, I think the main purpose was to create an emotional reaction, a groundswell of anger at Eric B. Enemy, so that the team felt compelled to not bring him back as the offensive coordinator. I feel like whoever uh, wrote that blog post 
felt like Eric Bieniemy is the reason why the team didn't have success in that second half against the Bengals. And if you feel that way, you're wrong, but you're more than likely you're you're it's okay for you to feel that way. I, I believe you feel that way though because you want to scapegoat somebody because that's how we are in sports. In sports, when our team fails, if our team loses a big game, we want heads to roll. I see it all the time. I, I, I've told told you guys about this um, in the past. I have a hobby during the playoffs of whenever the Chiefs play an opponent in the playoffs, I like to go on their team's SB Nation page. And they have I – don't, I don't talk trash on it. I, I know a lot of people do. There's a lot of people. I see a lot of Chiefs fans on there. They go on there, and when the Chiefs start winning or or as it gets later in the game and the, the Chiefs opponent, their chances start to dwindle. There are Chiefs fans out there that go over there, and they troll them. I don't do that. I don't even do it during the game because I'm watching the game. But after the game, I will go on there, like usually the next morning, and I'll just see what the sentiment is of the, uh, of the fans of that team as their 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 team season ends and it's always entertaining to watch because it there's always this somebody's got to get fired the defensive coordinator he's got to be fired he's trash he's this that and the other you know we we got to we got fire him you know fire the head coach it's the head coach's fault I, I remember doing this for the bills game and it was just it was funny cuz like the you know throughout the game Fans are angry at Leslie Frazier and blaming him for the defense struggling. And then all of a sudden, they got the lead. And, oh, we're good. We finally beat the Chiefs. We did it. And then they gave up a field goal. 13 seconds left. They allowed them to get into field goal range. Fire Leslie Frazier. It's his fault. It's his. He's the reason why all this mess and then they get to overtime. Oh my God, we gotta. I hope Leslie Frazier gets a job somewhere else. I hope Doug McDermott's got to go. I mean, Doug McDermott, Sean McDermott, he's got to go. He's fired. You know, he should be fired. How do you let this happen? And fans get emotional. It happens all the time. I understand. Oh, I understand. Fans get emotional. And it's kind of helped me understand how Chiefs fans are when the same thing happens because, you know, I, I, I used to do the post-game show all the time. Not host, but produce it. And it, we would get calls like that after the season would end for the Chiefs. I remember I was here producing the game where they lost to the Titans uh, in the wild card round in 2017 where Derrick Henry and mediocre-ass Marcus Mariota led a 19-point comeback to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead, much in the same way the Bengals did. You know, Chiefs didn't. They were up 21 to three, and then they just allowed them to come back and 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 win the game at Arrowhead. It was really embarrassing because that was not a good Titans team. And we were all like, okay, something's gonna happen here. And obviously, you know, fire Bob Sutton was a thing, and you know, they eventually did it a year later. But we wanted to blame somebody. Matt Nagy. He's the reason why. Blame him. You know, and I understood that because Matt Nagy uh didn't call a good second half. He just didn't. But it's funny to me now with the success that the team has had that so many people are wanting to scapegoat Eric Bieniemy because that's what I feel like this piece was about was scapegoating him and everything that you saw in that post was all about it's Eric Bieniemy's fault. He's the one that calls all the plays. I'm going to tell you this right now. 
I've been working here at 610 Sports since officially since May of 2013, but I was an intern for four months before that. So January 2013 So when I started here. And that was around the same time that Andy Reid started here. And I can tell you this. Everybody I've talked to that knows how that organization is run knows that number one in the Chiefs organization is Clark Hunt. But 1A is Andy Reid. Andy Reid controls everything there. He runs everything. If you remember, he got hired before they hired John Dorsey. Not only that, they hired him before they fired Scott Pioli. He was brought in. Scott Pioli was there for the interview. And I tell you this, it wasn't an interview for Andy Reid. Let's be honest here. It was an interview for Scott Pioli. Scott Pioli was interviewing for his job. And Andy, we all knew Andy was going to let his ass go. And Scott Pioli was gone with the quickness. And they brought in John Dorsey, who was with the Packers organization. And we all knew after that, that there was a new sheriff in town. Andy Reid controls that organization. Ain't no damn way he's going to give full autonomy for the offense. His baby. We know that Andy loves calling that offense. And he doesn't want to give the keys to the car to anybody else. We know that he controls that offense. He ain't about to go out there and give Eric Bieniemy control of the offense. Ain't no damn way he's about to do that. Especially now. Like, he gave guys keys to the car when Alex Smith was the starting quarterback. When he had Doug Peterson and he had Matt Nagy calling plays for Alex Smith. Because he knew what he had in Alex Smith. He had uh, a broke man's Donovan McNabb. He had a guy who could manage the game very well. Who was athletic enough to make plays with his legs when things broke down. But he knew he didn't have a Super Bowl quarterback. He knew he needed everything else to go right. But as soon as he got Patrick Mahomes, oh, he started scheming. Soon as they drafted Patrick Mahomes, if you remember 2017, that offense changed. They started going more towards the college-style offense, spreading it out more, and they were running a lot of crazy things that we hadn't seen them do before. And then when Alex was gone and Patrick took over, the offense just went to it. It went Super Saiyan, basically. And these guys were just calling all sorts of crazy plays that we hadn't seen before. I guarantee you Andy had concocted all that stuff well ahead of time. But he finally had the guy he could run it with. Why would he give up control when he finally got the guy that could implement the perfect offense? The offense that he's wanted to call for years. Because he's wanted a guy that could do what Patrick Mahomes does. And he's, he finally got it. Because he's been looking for the next Brett Favre his entire career. Like McNabb for him was, was the closest thing he could get to Brett Favre for the longest time. And then with, uh, with Alex Smith, it was as good as you're going to get as far as the Brett Favre style. Uh, certainly not the sling it down the field, but the athleticism and whatnot, he liked that. But when he got Mahomes, he was grinning and rubbing his hands together. He ain't about to give control of his offense like that, full autonomy to anybody when he's got the guy that he wants. So that didn't make any sense to me. But I also think that there's another motivation behind this. I believe that whoever wrote that that hit piece wanted to also 
drive the conversation away from race. Because when you look at the the talks about how the diversity was going in the NFL, you had the Brian Flores lawsuit that popped up right around the time that these coaches coaching searches were happening. I believe that there are people, there was probably you know a person or a group of people who felt offended by what Flores was saying, what people are saying about Eric Bieniemy, and how uh, there's a very good chance that race has played a factor in him not being able to get a job. And I believe that whoever put this together, and, and we know that, they, that that was at least partial motivation because they said so in the piece. He has not gotten a job, not because of his race, but because of the following evidence. They didn't need to go out there and say that. They could have just said, here's the reason why, you know, here's the stuff we know about his relationship with Mahomes. But they specifically went out of the way to tell you, oh, no, it's not because he's black. It's, it's definitely not because of race. That's why. It's, that's not why he hasn't gotten a job. Whenever you have to say that, it probably is. It probably is. Like, i tell you this. If anyone tells you I'm not a racist, but they're probably a racist. Like, let's just let's just call it what it is. Anybody who prefaces anything with I I, I don't want to say this, but is saying something that they should not say. And that's just how it is. If you preface your article to try to discredit that with, oh, well, it's not because he's black. It's because of this. It sounds to me like you're trying to cape for the NFL. And look, the NFL has acknowledged a diversity issue. They know it's a problem. They know that there are owners out there that are scared to hire minority candidates. There's no way around it. When the NFL acknowledges that it's a problem, it's a problem. And for whatever reason, we could debate about whether or not Eric Bieniemy has, hasn't gotten it because of race or not. There certainly are other things that could, that could uh, be in play here. But there's a lot of people that have a lot of great things to say about that man, and no one's given that man a shot when you have other candidates who are not as qualified that haven't gotten job that have gotten jobs above him. And because of that, it's a little strange looking. And that's the reason why it has to be something that we talk about. I mean, I understand people getting defensive about it, but to me, I feel like that is one of the reasons why they wrote that hit piece to try to drive the conversation away from race coming up next though. I'll tell you why it's silly that so many people are willing, believe willing to believe the things in that blog post. You're listening to bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas city chiefs, 610 sports radio hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.
conversation here about that libelous blog post that was put out earlier this week by the Chiefs Kingdom editorial board hiding behind a terrible name. They the Save My Chiefs campaign. <laughs> like, dude, the Chiefs have been to four straight conference championship games. What the hell are you? Save our Chiefs. What the hell? You know, I was, I was, I was, I was, uh, I did the, um, so I did, uh, I'm, I'm part of the KCABJ, the Kansas City Association of uh, Black Journalists. And we had a meeting yesterday and I was talking with uh, Harold Kuntz from, uh, from Fox 4. And I was like, dude, like, you know how great the Chiefs have been the last four years? Like, it's amazing how so many fans have, like, gotten to a point where, like, we're taking it for granted about the success that we have. Because, like, we're forgetting what the team was. Remember remember what the team was when Pioli was here? And you had Todd Haley and Romeo Cornell, and you had four years of just, I mean, that was like one of the, that was probably the worst four-year stretch that we've had as, as Chiefs fans. Like even with the, like the Herm years and like some of the, some of the years with like Vermeil and, and, and shoddy, like that stretch when Pioli was here, the Chiefs didn't feel like the Chiefs. Like they didn't feel like they were our team. They felt like it was a corporate creation by an outsider who had taken over and stole our team from us. Like they, they got rid of all the ambassadors and we're like, yeah, we're not going to like connect with the culture the way that they had before. It didn't feel like our team, but now four years straight, we've kind of taken for granted the success that this chiefs team has had so much so that we're inventing false narratives about former coaches because we want to quote unquote, save the chiefs. Like it's, I always, I find that part funny. It's, it's actually really, really hilarious. But I think the thing that amazes me the most about this whole scenario where you've got people putting out false reports about the, about Eric B and his relationship with the players is, and I talked about this after the chiefs lost to the Bengals in the, in the championship game. And I, it hurt. It hurt. I mean, I spent three hours on the air after the worst loss I've ever had as a chiefs fan. I mean, I thought that, 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 uh, comeback against the Colts was terrible, man, that loss hurt. I mean, it hurt me. Like, uh, my girlfriend, we, we, we were at, um, we were at her cousin's mother-in-law's house watching the game. And afterwards we came back home and I'm just like, getting some coffee ready to go because I'm about to go host nine to midnight after the game. And I'm just emotionally drained. And I like, you know, I, I, I take losses hard from my teams. Like it, it hurts. Like I talked about on Tuesday, how like I was embarrassed after my Florida Gators got embarrassed in the SEC championship game back in 2009, number one team all year. Tim Tebow was just dogging. Then they played Alabama and they just got whooped. They got spanked. They didn't, they didn't have, they didn't have any chance whatsoever winning that game. And it was embarrassing. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave my apartment. I didn't want to go to class. Like it hurt. And I, so like that, that loss against the Bengals was like the most devastating loss since then. Even more than the than the way more than the Colts one because I knew that that team wasn't going to go to the Super Bowl, but I swore up and down that this team this year was going to go to the Super Bowl. So doing three hours hurt, but the number one thing I said was that the person to blame the most for it is Patrick Mahomes. Now that doesn't mean that we need to get rid of him. Usually, 
Whenever we start blaming people in sports, we want heads to roll. We want them to be booted out of town. We want them to be fired, cut, trade them. You know, it was like that with Spags earlier this year. Oh, fire Spags because the defense was terrible. Or Daniel Sorensen because he was giving up all these big plays. Oh, get rid of Daniel Sorensen. And I still agree to the, to that to this day. Daniel Sorensen, Daniel Sorensen is the worst safety I've ever seen play football in the NFL. Like I thought, I thought. Um, I thought, was it Sabby Piscatelli? I thought he was terrible when he gave up that game-winning touchdown to Tim Tebow when he was playing with the Broncos. I thought Savvy was ter- terrible. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dan Sorensen has some sort of blackmail on, on Spags and Andy Reid because he keeps finding a way to stay on this roster, man. And I, I, I despise that man. Uh, I, I will give him credit for the plays that he's made. He certainly saved the Chiefs in that game against the Texans in the divisional round three years ago. Uh, well, two years ago now. But still, I, I do not like uh, Daniel Sorensen. But I will say this. Patrick Mahomes absolutely has to wear that loss. And it's amazing to me that so many fans are unwilling to give him the blame that he deserves. He took credit or he took the blame after that loss. He manned up and he went out uh, in front of the media and said, that's on me. When you have an 18 point lead at home, you should win that game. And he's right, especially when you were so dominant on offense. And I remember I was sitting here in this very seat. I had uh, the machine, Sean Levine sitting on the other side here in the studio and we were just going back and forth. And he was like, oh, well, it has to be that last play before halftime. And I was like, look, I'm not going to blame it on that last play. Because if they were so mentally weak enough that they got their whole game thrown off by one failure, then they're not a championship caliber team. That's what we're saying. So I refuse to believe that. And I just think that it's one of those times where you're feeling yourself too much. You're used to doing something a certain way so much because it's worked for you and an opposing team adjusts to what you're doing and you don't adjust to the adjustment. And I said that all season long, you got to adjust to the adjustment. They didn't do that. It's okay for us to admit that Patrick Mahomes came short, came up short. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Like that doesn't mean I hate Patrick Mahomes. I love that man. He's the first player I've ever gotten a jersey for ever. Like, I'm not a big jersey guy. Um, I am considering getting a, a Las Vegas Golden Knights jersey. I don't even watch hockey, but I really do like the jersey, and I, I've been wanting a hockey jersey for a while. So I, I've been thinking about getting one, but I don't I don't have a Royals jersey because I don't think I look good in the button-up kind of short sleeve shirts. I don't think that, you know, I, I kind of got a – Beer gut, beer, beer gut. So I don't think it, I don't think I look good in those kind of shirts. My girlfriend all the time was like, "Oh, you should wear more button ups." Like, no, nah, I don't think I look good in those. And and I uh, I don't want to get a basketball jersey because I'm still working on my arms. Like I'm getting a little definition now. I've been I've been working out heavily the last like month and a half now. So like I'm starting to get there, but I think you got to have like good arms if you want to look good in a good chest. If you want to look good in a basketball jersey, so I, I I I I haven't gotten that, but I definitely she got me a Mahomes jersey for my birthday when I turned thirty, and I was on it. I was like, yes, let's do this, and and it was the first jersey I'd ever gotten that of an official team, and I was so happy about it. That's my guy. So. I will never go out here and say that they got to get rid of him. I'll never go out here and slander him. 
But I will say that he deserves the blame for that. And I was on here defending that point all that night. Everybody's like, oh, the defense and Spags and all that. Bienemy, Andy. And like, look, you could put some of that on Bienemy. You could definitely put some of that on Andy Reid. Because there were some aspects of that that are pretty, pretty typical for Andy Reid. But at the end of the day, Mahomes is the one that took those terrible sacks with guys open late in that game. When they were knocking on the door of the Super Bowl, he took two terrible sacks. And right after that, we had people, oh, it's a conspiracy. The NFL rigged it. They told him they couldn't win. Like, what sense does that make? There were people legitimately believing that. I'm driving in, and I'm listening into the drive with CDOT and Rob, and there was like this old lady on here trying to convince people that it was rigged. And I'm like, look, man, I understand that there's been some times where we've seen some rigging in sports. You know, we've seen it in the NBA with the point shaving thing with Tim Donahue. We, you know, tennis, they do it all the time. Happens all the time in like, um, and like cycling guys do blood doping all the time in that sport. Like I understand that there is a lot of cheating that we have seen in sports. You know, obviously the the Black Sox scandal back in the was it 1920, 21, whatever. Like we we've seen this stuff happen over the years for well over a century in sports. But to me, it seemed as if people were trying their best to absolve the Chiefs of responsibility for falling short. And I just hate that. And I hate that so many people are willing to find a way to blame everyone else but Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I'll tell you why people are starting to get a little bit of, uh, are starting to get a little bit too ahead of themselves about the narrative around Patrick Mahomes later on in the show. Because I think there's a little bit too much in the way of people downing Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there was a media member earlier this week that uh had a lot of crazy things to say about Patrick Mahomes. We'll get to that later. But I understand the sentiment. I understand being angry at how this whole thing is played out. But Patrick Mahomes deserves that blame. And you can't say anything else about anyone else above Mahomes. There's not a conspiracy. There's not a major incompetence above him. Patrick Mahomes came up short. And it's okay for us to admit that. I hate saying it. Because I don't want to, I'd rather not say it. I'd rather not believe it. I'd rather it be something else. But the truth is the truth. And right now the truth is that Patrick Mahomes came up short. And we just need to mature and grow from it. And we need to understand that sometimes that happens. Because it happens to every quarterback. Every quarterback comes up short sometimes. Patrick Mahomes, he'll, he'll do it more. Tom Brady did it. Peyton Manning did it a lot. He, oh, he lost a lot of big games in his career. He's still one of the all-time greats. Joe Montana came up short a lot. It happens. So let's not go out here and, and act as if Patrick Mahomes is above accepting responsibility for something that the team didn't do. Coming up next, I'll tell you of another report that came out this week and why it's almost as bad as this blog post that came out. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
final few minutes here of the first hour. Big Sunday, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app. However you choose to listen, we appreciate you doing so this Sunday morning. Chris and Ocero, Chris Tenpenny, the Chris and Chris show this Sunday morning. So there was another report that there's another report that came out that uh, was spreading lies about this Chiefs team. This one, I think it came out, was it Friday? I think it was. It came out. And uh guy that you'll hear on Fox Sports Radio, you know, whenever we play it, once, you know, us here at 610 are off the air. Uh, and uh, I think he does radio. I He's like a former... Uh, Lineman, I think, play for like the Patriots, Jags, et cetera. His name's Rich Orenberger. And he sent out a tweet basically saying that he was told from a source that Patrick Mahomes had had a sit down with his fiance Brittany and his brother Jackson and told them, do not attend any more games this year. You're damaging my brand. That's what he tweeted out. And I, I saw this Sunday, actually no, uh, Friday afternoon when I was uh, picking up groceries. I looked at the the tweet and immediately was like, that's a lie. Like, I mean, just immediately. I mean, I, I, and I'm one of those guys where, like, I like the salacious stuff. I like those insider stories. And I, I generally am like, whenever someone in the media, in our field, puts out something like that, it's generally from, like, a good source, usually. Like, usually, like, if, if like, when Shefty and Darlington put out that report that Tom Brady was retiring, I knew it was true immediately because I know that Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington are not going to risk their careers, their reputation, for a little bit of clout. I mean, that's a major report. That I mean, that's like the story of the offseason. Tom Brady retires. That's like the story right there. That's the story that everybody's waiting for. Like everybody is just hitting up Tom Brady's and in, Tom Brady insiders and like, "Hey dog, is he going to retire this year?" Every year they've been doing that for like the last probably 5 years now. Is he going to do it this year? Nope. Okay, good. Let me know if he does. Let me know if he changes his mind, decides he wants to spend more time with his family. That was the thing all the last few years. So when Shefty and Darlington reported that, even when when uh, Tom Brady's camp came out and said, yeah, he hasn't quite decided yet, it was not a matter of if he was going to retire, but when he was going to retire. It was going to be a matter of days when he decided, yeah, yeah, I'm just playing. I am going to retire. Like, we all knew that, or at least those who know how it works in the media. Apparently, Rich Hornberger, though, is not someone to be trusted because he went out there and he tweeted this and immediately I knew it was false. And here's how this is probably the biggest reason why I knew it was false because a radio guy put it out there. I would tell you this right now, man. I've been working at radio now for <laughs> nine years. Radio people generally don't they don't report stuff that often. I mean, I know like every and and. And especially because I know guys here at 610, like CDOT and Fesco, they will report stuff every now and then. But they don't go out here and act like they're Adam Schefter 
They don't go out here and act like they're they're shams or woes when they're trying to, to report stuff. And so when they occasionally do it, I believe them because I know that our boss spec ain't going to allow them to say something if they ain't got no sort of uh, evidence to substantiate that claim. But there's a lot of people that work in, in media that are looking for some clout. There's a lot of people outside of media that are looking for some clout. And they will try to do anything they can to get a little bit of attention. And what happened was, because Ornberger wasn't the only one that got this, uh, that got this source to report this. This also came out for, I know Florio said that he got a text. Actually, his son got a text because they mistake his son for him. And they texted his son with this. I know Matt Verderam from Fansided said he got that. He said other uh, media members got that same. I'm sure that Nate Taylor and them got it too. And everyone knew it was false. Everyone knew it was fake. Everyone knew it was not real. And like I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. There's a lot of people in the industry that are looking for a little bit of clout, a little bit of attention. And we got to... That's the reason why from now on, like, we got to look at the source for any of these reports coming out about anything pertaining to the Chiefs. Because I feel like somebody's trying to sabotage this team. I feel like there's somebody out here trying their best to make some sort of false stories about this team, whether it be uh, out of misguided uh, benevolence to try to help the team or an attempt to maliciously hurt them. I do feel like there's people out there that are going to try to put out some sort of misinformation campaign the rest of the way, and we got to be ready for that, and I hope the Chiefs are ready for it too and ready to counter that because, believe me, a lot of people love to hate the Chiefs, and they love to hate Patrick Mahomes. Coming up next, I tell you what my plan is on how the Chiefs can become the best team they possibly can for 2022. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 